From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour as we launch our 25th year on the air. And thanks to everyone who has helped make this happen, which is Bishop Wiegand, whose idea it was, and uh, uh, Monsignor Murphy and uh, Father Sylvester McDermott, who uh, were just guardian angels during the early days, and and then Bishop Soto, who has just really uh, championed uh, radio here in the Diocese of Sacramento, both the, both the Bishop's Hour on Relevant Radio and, of course, uh, and we originally started on Immaculate Heart Radio, uh, Doug Sherman founded that, and, of course, uh, Radio Santissimo Sacramento, our Spanish-language sister station, which does such great work as well. But especially you, the listeners, thanks so much for uh, for tuning in to us and also our wonderful guests. And speaking of that, uh, we welcome in Jennifer Campbell, the director of Camp Pendola. At least that's the hat she's wearing today. Jennifer, are it you is. there? I'm here. What, what, kind of, that is hat what kind of hat does Camp Pendola have? I mean, if you went to our store when you're up in the summer and come up in the summer, we have lots of hats that we sell, but, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it looks like today, actually. I haven't looked too closely. <laughs> <laughs> one of those days. Um, but yeah, we're getting, we are getting ready for camp. So that's really exciting that we're, you know, getting ready to. Getting ready to launch registration. We've already started um, recruiting for staff, um, but we're about ready to start recruiting for campers, if you can believe it. I mean, it's only December. Ideal Christmas present. It would make a great Christmas present. My Our goal is to get registration open by December um, 15th, so in time for parents to to put that at, as a put that under the tree um, for their camper or, um, or a stocking so we, stuffer we can talk about, or a stocking stuffer. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a bigger ticket item. So I don't know if it goes in your stocking or not. I don't know how every family does that a little different. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, we're, we're excited this summer. We're, we're trying to do a couple things differently this year. Um, you know, we're always trying new things at camp just to, to get as many campers up as possible. Um, so we are going to have, but we are going to have full four full weeks of camp this year, um, and we're going to have a mini week. And instead of putting our family camp, which hasn't been able to run due to low attendance last couple years in Labor Day, we're going to move it to the middle of summer. So, oh wow, trying some trying some different things, yeah. Because <laughs> family camp was very popular, it just maybe maybe that date didn't work that well. Sometimes the date didn't work. It was hard to sometimes find staff because my staff from the summer had already gone back to school right. and they weren't necessarily right. local students. Um, or if, if it worked out, if we had more staff, like the years we had more staff that were like on the quarter system, like what UC Davis is on, right. then it was fine because they don't start till almost, almost October. The, yeah, the end of <laughs> September, yeah. Yeah, but everyone else has been back in school for a few weeks, so yeah, we're trying to move it to the middle of the summer this year, so that'll be a little different. Um, and we're starting a week later, so we're really just like we're the, we're having camp the last week of June and then through the month of July. 
Very um, good. this year, really focusing on the month of July. So um, I, I yeah. saw that you were, have you hired a caretaker yet? I have not. We are still in the process of doing that. Explain um, what that, I, what that involves. You know, it's, it's funny because I mean, you're going to be year round up there. It might be a little lonely in the winter, but I, the other, the other night, our neighbors for unknown reasons at midnight were setting off firecrackers. And I thought, and I thought about that job up up at Camp Vendola. I thought, oh, that might not be so bad. It it will be quiet at times. Yes. Um, But the caretaker, um, there's housing for that person. Or um, if, you know, it's a couple, then there's, you know, couple housing, whatever, however you want to call that. Um, there's a few houses they can live in and they're up there year round. So taking, making, you know, you know, scooping snow off of things as needed, um, prepping the site for the next year, winterizing, winterizing. I can't say that word today. Um, (laughs) making it safe for winter. Um, and, and make, you know, if, if any kind of, um, maintenance issues happens because of, weather, which, you know, happens every once in a while, they're there to mediate the damage um, that might be there, right? Um, but I mean, a lot of the time, you're just getting to work outside at beautiful Camp Pandola. Um, and, and then in the summer, you're still there, but you're helping us, helping the staff um, with uh, making sure that everything is set up and safe for campers. Mm-hmm. So the, the, that caretaker will be helping with, like, cleaning the bathrooms and those kind of chores and making sure that all the toilets are working, which you'd be amazed. One running toilet will, will (laughs) take all of our water that we have. Oh, sure. Our houses. So, yeah. So you want to, it's happened before. (laughs) You want like a, a handyman, a roofer, a plumber, electrician, uh, Jack of all trades. A Jack of all trades. Um, I mean, especially, you know, your basic handyman who has some, a little carpentry, knows how to unclog a toilet, um, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, also is aware of, like, roofing issues and not necessarily that we would expect them to be able to fix roofing issues, but would ha- know who to call um, and not Ghostbusters um, and all that kind of stuff. So somebody who, who can has that kind of general knowledge of, like, of maintenance and ground maintenance too, because we do have quite a bit of lawn and um, defensible defensible space we need to keep up at camp, uh, maintaining, keeping those blackberries. I know everyone loves blackberries, but they are the weed of berries. Well, they, um, they are, you know, I, I, I know up in... They're uh, just the worst. They're everywhere. And like, it's such a small fruiting season and we totally miss it. So for us, they're just an annoyance. Yeah, it, it's funny because... Uh, I know up in Oregon, you'll see signs for bramble removal, you know, like it's an, an yeah. evil thing. And there's nothing like blackberry uh, blackberry pie, but uh, they are. They take over. They they really take oh, over. Yeah. And, and down here in the Central Valley as well and, and up in the foothills. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, blackberry cobbler is the best. I oh, have it a really is. good recipe that if we get berries at camp, I will make for my staff. But <laughs> I hate them. Um <laughs> So, yeah, doing the general maintenance like that, make sure cabins are good. Um, you know, every once in a while, some deer like to try to trample through things and, you know, making sure they kind of stay away. Kind of general things like that is what the person would be doing. Um, and it's not, so it's not a full-time job. It's three-quarters time. 
basically it's it's uh, 25 to 30 20 to 30 hours a week um, depending on the week of course and how much work someone could actually do while up there um, depending on weather and then but their housing is included and that's you know includes internet and um, phones and that kind of stuff so they, they do have internet uh, availability up there mm-hmm. they do it's it's satellite internet so if you know what that is you know um, it's interesting but um, yeah, there's, there is internet decent. Um, that's what we use all summer for myself to be able to communicate with the office and check my sure. email and get messages from parents. Um, is, is that same internet and it works. Oh, well. I can, you know, for certain people, that would be an ideal job. Seriously. I think <laughs> you don't expect there to be internet in the middle of the woods. <laughs> no, you don't. You really don't. You just don't, <laughs> but it works. So yeah, so we're, we are still hiring for that position. Um, and they can apply by sending, um, they can get more information by going to the diocesan website. Um, and then they can apply by sending me the Sacramento Diocese application, as well as their resume and cover letter. Very good. Very good. That would be, I, I, I want to interview that people, that person, <laughs> or, the, or those people. <laughs> yes, once the, once they're once that person is hired, we'll definitely have them on the radio. Very good. Sure. Very good. So what else are you hiring for now? We are hiring for all of our summer staff. So we're looking for 20 camp counselors, um, about a 50-50 split, girls to boys. Generally, we need a few more girls than boys, but about there. Um, we are looking for a head counselor. That's someone who um, hopefully has been a counselor in the past. Um, at Camp Pandola and kind of can show the new staff the ropes, um, but it also has a little little more responsibility than the other counselors do. Um, we're hiring for our program director. Uh, that person puts together the schedule for the week, um, letting staff know what jobs they're doing, but also what activities our campers are gonna be doing throughout the week. We're hiring for our head cook, which that title self-explanatory, I think, um, just kind of making sure that everything is cooked <laughs> properly and the kitchen is kept clean. Um, and our wellness coordinator, which we used to call our nurse, but now we're calling it the wellness coordinator because our intention is that our campers have our well <laughs> um, um, body and mind. So we, that person is going to be passing out medication as needed if campers have it, but it's also somebody who's checking in with counselors and with campers and making sure that, you know, that they're doing okay emotionally and if they need a break or if they need mm-hmm. some extra time, they're, they're there to help them with that. With oh, that's that. very good. Um, yeah, so that we're it's things are kind of different titles this year for some of our positions. Um, similar jobs as the old titles had, but um, just the different mentality with behind them. And so those are the main positions we're hiring for right now. Um, applications usually come in around this time, and then I can do interviews while people are home on their Christmas breaks. Um, that's my goal anyway. Um, and then and then we'll, so by the middle of January, we'll be well into recruiting for campers as well. So how much creativity does the cook have? The cook can have 
quite a bit of creativity. They don't have to have any. I can give them their complete menu. We can work it out together. It all just depends on like their strengths um, when it comes to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I think every kitchen manager that I have had work for me so far has had different strengths and needed different things. Um, some needed a lot of creativity. Some were like, I know what I'm going to cook. This, this will work. This is good. And it was fine. And some were like, I don't know what you want me to cook. <laughs> so I think it's just a, a good balancing act you have to have. So are they cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a snack. And a snack six days a week? Seven days a week? Um, six days a week. So we start with dinner. The first meal they cook is dinner on Sunday. Uh-huh. And then the last meal they cook is dinner on Friday. Okay. And dinner on Friday is kind of a to-go dinner. Um, <laughs> we put it out for the parents and encourage them to grab and go. So m- most parents pick their kids up there? Yeah. they. they maybe, maybe there's do, some carpooling or... Yes, often some carpooling. We used to do a bus. We haven't done that. I'm not sure how in how long. It was just... I mean, we just would have weeks where there would be like two kids who would be signed up for the bus, but uh-huh. the rest of the parents wanted to come up and see camp before sure. they left their sure. their camper, or they were former campers themselves and wanted to see it, like yeah, with adult eyes, you know. <laughs> like, um, and so yeah, it just it didn't make sense for us to do that anymore. Good. So if the cook says, "I I want to do X, Y, and Z," and then as long as it's within budget, you you say fine if you think it's going to be okay. Yeah, as long as it's within um, budget and it's something that I think campers are going to enjoy. Um, I, we don't want to serve food that um, campers won't enjoy or that's too costly to mm-hmm. serve, you know, the, the, the number of people we're serving. So, I mean, it just depends on, the, and that totally depends on the week it is so funny one week you're like the kids like went crazy will go crazy for like chicken tenders and then the next week they're like i don't really like those but they'll eat you out of like pasta Uh you just never know what you know what campers are going to really love from one day to the next um or even one week to the next i mean um and so yeah it's it's just Getting, letting them be creative to a certain extent, but also trying, like, especially with the desserts, like, we have a lot of time to, that they can bake and do kinds of fun things, um, different kinds of cookies. And then also, you're always having to find things that, <coughs> that work for people's allergies. <coughs> and so, that requires creativity sometimes. So, how many people are they cooking for at, at a time, like, like... Breakfast and lunch and dinner and snack for how many people? Um, 70 to 90. Wow. It really depends on the week. So, like, our ma- our generally max number of campers is 60. And then if you have 20 or so staff, right, you're already at 80. So it kind of just depends on the week. Some weeks are going to be lower than that. Some weeks are higher. So you, you finish breakfast and you're already working on lunch. You finish, yeah, breakfast and lunch are, are the ones that's pretty close together. So your legs, it's, you get a little bit of a break and then you're starting lunch again. Um, but you have a, there's a decent break time between lunch and dinner. Uh-huh. I don't, I, this, just the, the way the schedule is, right? Um, 
so yeah, you are you're we're fi- finishing up the last probably the last dish, and then staff go eat, and then they're starting up again with the lunch. Depending on what the meal is, of course, like some are some meals are much easier than others. You yeah. have to try to you know you try to make the lunch a little less um, time consuming maybe than the than the dinner menu just out of necessity of time and. Like I think I'd just boil up about a hundred hot dogs and break out the buns and the mustard and <laughs> say, here you go, kids. You'd be amazed how many kids you were going to have to make so many substitutions if you put out. Hot Is dogs that right? Nowadays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you could, yeah, for sure. We do. I mean, we do all kinds of things that you just, it's just kind of amazing. The substitutions. some of it, a lot, most of it is dietary. It's not like a preference thing. It's, yeah. Dietary yeah. So, and, and that's um, something you try, really try to accommodate. I know. <laughs> yeah, we really do spend a lot of time um, focusing on making sure that all of our campers, you know, they all feel like they're all getting the same amount of of whatever the food is, and that everyone their food choices are being respected. Now, I mean, to a certain extent, like <clears throat> if your child is a very picky eater, we can't necessarily accommodate that. Right. Um, <laughs> They're going to make their food choices, and we're going to ask that everyone try a bite of everything, unless it's something you're allergic to, right? We want you to try it. Um, and it's been kind of amazing how parents will be like, how did you get my kid to eat broccoli? And I'm like, I don't know. We put it in front of them. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. We offered it to them and we and told them they needed to try it, right? Yeah, and once know, their friends are trying and they're trying it, then it's great. The secret's to getting kids to eat broccoli is called mayonnaise. Yeah, Gabe, my producer, is nodding his head yes. No, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> we were a broccoli family, so, like, it's weird to me people don't eat broccoli, but growing up, that was, I mean, that was, my brother, I grew up with a very picky eater. My brother is a very, very picky eater. He won't even be embarrassed if anyone knows that I'm saying this on the radio about him. But he used literally his diet until he was like 15 was pepperoni pizza, hot dogs, preferably from Arco, um, <laughs> and broccoli. And broccoli. Pasta with nothing on it. Well, and broccoli. Well, pasta we, with nothing on it. See, a balanced diet. <laughs> Very balanced. But these are like the things he would eat. And it was just like kind of some of it's kind of family joke now. But like he was the pickiest eater. But when he went to his best friend's house, he would eat whatever their mom put in front of it. Her, oh, he d- don't it. you know it? Uh, don't we? <laughs> our our youngest uh, was that way, where we would, you know, he'd get invited like to a sleepover or something. You know, the thirteen, fourteen year old, and we're thinking this is going to be terrible for him. He won't be able to eat because we 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 can't figure yeah. out what he'll eat. You know what I mean? Here. And we tried everything, and he's a real picky eater. You just don't even want to go into a restaurant with him, you know, because you got to grill the waiter and yep. say, "Don't put any pepper on it. Don't put any anything," you know. And 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 ultimately, it always failed because the chef would do something to it, you know. And yeah. And and now he's going over to a sleepover. He's going to be eating dinner and breakfast and. And it's going to be embarrassing, yeah. but no, no problem. He eats every, everything they're making over there. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and I think that's the same thing at camp, right? Kids come to camp and like, they may be your picky eaters, but they get up there and they're like, oh, this is what we're eating. Cool. Like, this is what my friends are eating. Great. I'll eat it. Yeah. And a, right? a little and bit so of it, maybe a little peer pressure. 
maybe, but I mean, it's like put put upon themselves. It's not like their friends are like, eat it so I don't get I don't get thirds, right? Yeah. So like there are some kids that like, you know, they'll just eat whatever. And I think that's something that's really interesting and fun about camp is like we really do challenge by choice. We want them to try new things and we're sure. challenging them in those new things. Absolutely. And one of those new things is sometimes the food. <laughs> sometimes it's the food. Sometimes it's the vegetable we have or a salad bar. So I'm sure you're, um, after this show, you're going to be inundated with cook applications. I really hope so. You know, we just, we really, a solid cook is so important to camp. Oh, sure. Because um, there's, because honestly, like, we can, you know, we have a chaplain that comes and can feed our staff and our campers spiritually. And their counselors are there to, like, be a comfort for them and help them and, and you know, feed them, like, socially and help them to make friends and all those things but if we don't have somebody who can feed us physically yeah. and give us good food you have cranky campers and cranky staff sure. because they're hungry or they don't like things so it's important that we it's probably one of the most important jobs at camp is <laughs> the cook i know that sounds really silly but it's so important that the there's somebody there who who cares about what they're what the what the campers are eating wow aside from me of course <laughs> Oh yeah, I can't, will the I can't cook, be in the kitchen the whole time. Will the cook be called Cookie? <laughs> I don't think we've not called them that before. <laughs> but that does remind me of like every TV show about camp yes. ever. I think that cooks are called Cookie. <laughs> so counselors, that's especially yeah. head counselor. That strikes me as a hugely important job. It is that we need twenty of them so that we can have two counselors in each cabin. The counselors are there to help lead the activities with the campers. So they're there to help them to learn archery, to watercolor, to make rosaries. Um, Not rosaries were very popular last year. Help them with jewelry. Any of those activities, um, go on the hikes, all of that kind of fun stuff. That's the counselors are there to do that. Um, And then also they're there to like help them feel safe at night and help them to fall asleep and pray with them, um, tell them stories, sing them songs, all of that kind of fun stuff that you think about when you think about summer camp. <laughs> so you need 20. That's a, that's a lot. It is a lot. Um, it basically breaks down to being able to have um, eight cabins per week. Um, mm-hmm. So, cause not, a cabin doesn't generally have 10 kids in it um, just because we also break them by break the kids up by um, age and by gender. And so, yeah, we need, we want to be able to have eight cabins each week, boys and girls. So we'll need that many counselors plus because the counselors also help cover in the kitchen. And some of the counselors are like assigned to um, one week. You might be assigned to just be an in-camp staffer. So you're helping set up activities. You'll still lead activities but you're doing more of the setup um, and helping with ground maintenance. <laughs> so describe a cabin. <laughs> Jennifer, I'm sorry. I oh, that's okay. That. Yeah, sorry. Des- I missed that question. Describe a cabin. Oh, um, physically? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, are they, cabins. you know, do they have hot and cold running water and <laughs> a fireplace, or are they pretty basic, or... 
they are very rustic is the word we use. Mm -hmm. Um, The cabins are just basically like they're open air cabins. So they're like a 12 by 12 structure um, that has a roof and netting to keep the mosquitoes out. And then they have um, anywhere between um, five and six, five and seven bunks. So that many people can sleep in them. Um, and they're, but they're mostly open air. Um, we have three that are enclosed. Um, they still have windows because none of, there's no electricity in our cabins. So when I say rustic, that's what I mean by that. Um, and they're um, up on the hill above the, above camp. Basically, there's just like the cabin hill and there are 12 cabins up on the hill. Okay. So, and do the mosquitoes respect the netting? Some of them do. <laughs> Most <laughs> of them do, yeah. I think the, the mosquito bites generally are happening in the evening, not inside the cabin. Yeah. Um, like, last year we were kind of lucky. It was a low mosquito year, but who knows what we'll get. Mosquitoes are everywhere in the world. It doesn't matter the elevation. It doesn't matter if it's hot or cold. If in the summer, they're everywhere. Especially, really especially are. at night. Yeah. Yeah, they come out in the evening as soon as sun starts to set, and then they just don't leave us alone. Yeah. Um, until it gets cool. Until it gets pretty cool in the evening, like sun's completely down, then they go away. But that um, and, yeah, and, so and no. wind, wind will chase them away too. Oh yeah, I didn't think of that. Um, <laughs> Maybe yeah, you need big just, fans. So maybe that would work. <laughs> the netting does seem to work. And honestly, if, if, um, a lot of the kids wear hoodies. And those, that for especially when you're sleeping, are perfect. Yeah. You put your hoodie up and you cover your ears and your neck. And that's where mosquitoes like to bite is around your ears and your neck. Yeah. Um, so so we, we do pretty well with those. So that's, so that's basically what a cabin is. Um, the counselors um stay in the cabins overnight with the campers but then they get to store their stuff we have two um one for one for guys and one for girls we have two um cabins that are fully enclosed with electricity and that's where the counselors get to keep their stuff they can charge their cell phones Mm -hmm. um not that they have cell service at camp uh (laughs) but they can charge their stuff keep their stuff that's where they'll change and get ready and take they can take a nap on their breaks things like that um in there. So the, the counselors the, counselors have to be 18? They do. They need to be 18 or older, high school graduate, um, or about to graduate. We'll interview you now, and if you mm-hmm. graduate in June, that's <laughs> fine. Um, and uh, practicing Catholic and the ability to pass um, and take the safe environment course, and then they'll go through training. We will do a week and a half of training again this year where we'll have topics about Um, social emotional learning for our campers, um, how to lead all the different activities, um, outdoor living skills, things like that will all be covered during um, staff training. Is there some kind of international training manual for camp counselors? (laughs) There really isn't. Um, Everybody kind of does similar things (laughs) that we learn from the American Camping Association website which has a lot of great tools mm-hmm. um, and then every camp is so specific so um, I'm sure I'll get more 
tips and tricks. I'm going to the American Camping Association conference this year um, in February, so I'm sure I'll I'll get even more ideas for how to train the staff while I'm, when I'm there. At, and at the American Camping Association convention, you all stay in rustic cabins. No, <laughs> we're staying. It's it's in New Orleans, and we're oh, wow. staying in like a Hilton. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's the right hotel. That's the one that came to mind. That's great. Um, yeah, no, we no. Um, but for the Catholic Camping Summit, which is a different training, uh, different meeting that I go to, for that one, we'll be staying in rustic camp cabins. This year, we're going to be up in Seattle oh, at wow. the CYO up there. Yeah. So that's that's all. All of these things are happening in January, February, which is, you know. Getting so there's the American Camping Association, and then there's a separate Catholic one. Yeah. So we, um, the Catholic camp. Some of us are members of, like, we're members of the ACA. Some some of the people are not, but it's Catholic camps from across the country, um, and they started this before I started working um, for Camp Pendola. But it's um, it was just they wanted to meet with each other, pray with each other, um, and see each other's camps. So what an easy way to do it. And so we have a summit every year, um, end of January. And we, um, so I've gone to three or four, I'm losing track, honestly, at this point in my life. Um, but <laughs> we've gone, I've gone to camps in Kansas, in um, Wisconsin, um, one in West Virginia that sadly is no longer in existence. Last year I went to Colorado. Um, it was very high. The altitude is bad um, for me. And then, <laughs> and then this year we're going to Seattle. So those are really exciting. There's a mountain in, in Colorado, one of the 14s as they call them, uh, that's Mount of the Holy Cross. Yeah. And there's a crevice, and the, the snow fills in the crevice, and it makes a cross. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I think I cool. heard about that when we were there. Hmm. When we were there, the, the place, the camp we were, I was at um, is Annunciation Heights, and they own, they also are part of, they're part of the Archdiocese of Denver mm -hmm. and have Camp St. Malo. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you know anything about Camp St. Malo, but Camp St. Malo is the camp, and I was in the chapel that um, Pope Francis, this, not Pope Francis, um, John Paul II. John Paul II, yeah. Did, yeah, when he went to World Youth Day. So there, I was in the chapel that he had been in. It felt very special. And wow. it's a tiny little chapel at uh, Camp St. Malo, and there's a picture of him out on the like deck looking out on the whole wow. like, valley area yeah we'll, um, we'll, it was kind of cool to be like i've been where he was that's cool that's very cool that world youth day in denver uh i've heard more people say you know either conversion or brought back to the faith was world youth day in denver I, i'm sure that john paul ii was sorry it wasn't in winter because he was a big skier i'm sure but i can't imagine that many people having to be outside in winter there no um, that's true that's true too it would have been not great. I was there in winter, and it was really, really cold. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I can attest to that. Um, but yeah, it was. It's so it's really cool to get to go to these different conferences and get lots of different ideas that I can then bring back to camp. Um, new ideas, new processes, new ways of thinking about things and doing things that we already do. Um, and just you know, like 
archery is archery, right? But there's you go to these conferences and there's like new games you can do during archery, and those are always kind of fun to try to incorporate back into camp as well. There, there are things you can do with archery other than shooting at the target. <laughs> well, sometimes you can put balloons on the target. Oh, and then oh, you sure. Can make, like, lots of, there's fun things you can do. Um, some camps we do not have these, but some camps have like the the targets that like look like animals and stuff. We don't uh-huh. do that. We just have regular target targets. We love all of God's creation. Exactly. I don't need a seven year old crying. <laughs> um, <laughs> And not in archery. Archery is nothing but joy. Yes, right. Um, so we try to do lots of different things with that. Oh, that's great. So how can people contact you if, uh, first off, not for camping, but for any of these positions we're talking about? Yeah, for any of the positions we're talking about, if you, you can either email me at jcampbell at scd.org. Um, and it's spelled just like the soup. Right. So if you aren't sure, go look at the can of soup in your cl- in your cabinet. Um, and then, or you can go to the website, which is um, pendola.org forward slash employment. And that has all, where all the positions are listed, job descriptions, and where you can fill out the application. Very good. Um, and then if you're just interested in looking about camp, I'm getting, I'm almost got the website updated. Almost. Um, but you can see what we've done in the past. Um, if you want to look at all of that, you can just go to our website, pendola.org and uh, pendola.org, and then look at all the different um, camp things we're doing, the different weeks, the theme weeks we have. Um, and I'll, we can talk about it later, but I am bringing back, I think, your favorite camp week theme this summer, Invaders of the Night. Will be oh, back. yes. Oh, that is my favorite. <laughs> And I know it Bishop would be my Soto kids' favorite, too. always comments on it, too. The kids <laughs> love it. Bishop Soto always asks me about it. So I was like, let's just do it. Bring it back. Why, would, why wouldn't you have it every year? Because it's exhausting. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it is for the staff. But the kids love it so much that we're going we're gonna to do it. We're going to do it one more time, see if we can muster the strength. Just staying up till 2 a.m. Is, is rough. Yes. So, Jay Campbell <laughs> at scd.org? That's correct. Jay and it, and that's Campbell spelled like the Campbell's soup on the Andy Warhol can, right? Exactly. Right. Okay. <laughs> sure, we had that right. That is a throwback reference, Bob. <laughs> is it? <laughs> Did I just date myself? <laughs> Maybe. A little bit. But I think everyone knows what you mean. Yes. And it's got it's got the name camp in it. Do you have a bell at camp? You could have a camp bell. We do. Um, next time you have Deacon Kevin on, you should ask him what he wants the bell to be named. <laughs> he has a whole thing. And every time we're at camp, he talks, he tells me about it. So, um, yeah, just ask Ask Deacon Kevin next time he's on about it. I will. I will. Yeah. Well, Jennifer, always always a joy. Anything uh, we didn't ask you that you wanted to get out there? No, I don't think so. Just if you know anyone over 18, summer job, please encourage them to apply. And they're not volunteers. They get paid. They get paid. They are not volunteers. We are are asking to pay people. Apply to be paid for the summer. Um, So, yeah, if you know anybody, please send them our way. Very good. 
Jennifer, thanks for joining us. Uh, God bless, and we'll look forward to talking again soon. Thank you. Thanks so much. We're going to take we'll take a uh, quick break here. Uh, but first, let me let me tell you about uh, some anniversaries uh, here in the Diocese of Sacramento. The uh, these are December ordination anniversaries from some of our great priests and deacons. Uh, Reverend Joan Canicelli, the twelfth of December, uh, the the uh, feast day Our Lady of Guadalupe. Uh, Father Diogo uh, Baptista, <clears throat> December 14th. Ernesto Gile, uh, December 18th. That's Father Father Julius Caburu, December 18th. Reverend Thomas X. Davis, the 12th of 1220. Uh, Father Michael Hebda, 1220. Father Lawrence Kefinji, 1220. Father Walter Borkowski, 1221. Father Jose Campos, 1221. Father Jose Estaniel, uh, 1227. Father Regimon Chandi, 1227. Father Joseph Sebastian, 1227. Father Ruben Thanikal, 1228. Reverend Josie Vatathu, uh, 1228. And Reverend George Mathai, 1231. And our deacons, Deacon Daniel Blanton, the 5th of December. Deacon Jaime Garcia, the 6th of December, and Deacon Rodolfo Q, the, 12th, the uh, 9th of December. We'll take a quick break, back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour, uh, some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to, to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. This is James McCormick, President and CEO of the Sacramento Choral Society and Orchestra. You're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. So, Bob, you know that uh, we just heard Jim McCormick on the way back in. Uh, they have a concert coming up soon. I think on the 14th is Scola Cantorum, correct? And I think that um, we're trying to get Jim in here. We've had some some cuts and stuff to play off of Scola's uh, concert. What is it, What is the name of it again? Heaven on High? From Heaven on High. They're in, they're, you should see their flyer. It's absolutely stunningly beautiful. It's got the star. It has the manger scene. Uh, this really deep blue background uh it's it's really there's some some artists did a wonderful wonderful job on this it's, there's two performances saturday december 16 16 7 30 p.m and then the matinee on sunday the 17th at 2 p.m uh jim said kids are uh, more than welcome probably six and up uh um just in terms of uh musical choices and stuff and there are um some sing-along parts to it as well I think you and I are excluded from that because 
Probably. We don't sing very well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was a kid, probably around the same age, and I um, went to the Nutcracker when I was a kid. And I remember my mom took me to the Nutcracker, and it was something that I still remember to this day, even though I was probably too young to really remember it. So it's, it's, it's weird how things like this will really resonate with somebody when you're young. So I think if you can bring your kids, it's probably good to go. I remember, I, I mean, I, I remember sitting in, in an auditorium. I remember seeing the big rats in the Nutcracker. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and, and the, that, the Nutcracker sweet song that everyone knows. And, um, and the I w- Sugar Plum Fairy. The Sugar Plum Fairy. stuff, yeah. Yeah, and I remember bits and pieces of it. I've always you know, had a weird affinity for it ever since I, I, I went there, even though I wouldn't call myself a, uh, a fan of the, um, of, um, the ballet, you know, I never think it's the only one I've ever been to, but something about it has always resonated with me as, as a little kid. Well, there's, you know, there's the adult nutcracker, if you will. I mean, it, it's, uh, very, you know, at opera houses and things. And then there's like Correct. children's nutcracker too. I have a granddaughter who's, Got a. She's actually the Sugar Plum Fairy in oh, in, in a production nice. of the Nutcracker, and it's like about I think it's about five performances. You know, like nights right in a row. So she's getting the real Broadway experience. Yeah, but yeah. but it's all kids. It's all kids, and right. and I I don't think anybody tries out that doesn't get a part. Of course, you know they come yeah. up with bumblebees and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and other things. Start adding but characters. It's something that the the parents just love and the kids love and i mean they really rehearse it's not just just show up and we're going to have the nutcracker they rehearse for right. a month or so and uh um i don't know about the artistic production of it but they all have a lot of fun doing it which yeah. is what it's all about i remember I did, I did peter pan when i was a kid not for christmas just in general i think i was in the, like second grade and i still remember i mean i i played captain hook and i remember well, i was gonna say you probably played captain hook yeah i did i was a little, a little too big for tinkerbell uh, and yeah, I played Captain Hook, and I just I still remember it. And it's like it's one of those things. Like I think introducing kids early to performances and theater and all that kind of stuff is just. I mean, it, it's it's it activates a part of your brain. Well, it's, it's one of the things that's really so good about our Catholic schools is um, they they're they're educating the whole person, right? Spiritually, and just uh, the, you know the three R's or whatever people want to call it, but also the arts. And sports and all these things that make for well run. And not not everybody can uh, throw a football or hit a tennis ball, but um, maybe you can be in the in the band. Maybe you can be in the in the choir. Maybe you can be in school play. Maybe you can be in student government. They're very good at uh, at all those things. And we should point out too that uh, Sacramento Choral Society and Orchestra, their home for the holidays concert, mm-hmm. is this Saturday, mm-hmm. the Memorial Auditorium. At 3 p.m., they're just going to have one performance. 3 p.m. at the Memorial Auditorium. It's fabulous. And we mentioned that because the great Jim McCormick has got his hands in both of these right. organizations. And Don Kendrick, and Don was Kendrick. the conductor of both of them, the former, former longtime professor of music at uh, Sacramento State, and now has uh, retired from that, but is, is is still the director of the Scola Cantorum at Sacred Heart, and uh, the Scola Cantorum. That concert from Heaven on High also has Ryan Enright on the organ. And now that Jim doesn't have a great voice, James McCormick, but the irony of it is, is that we hardly ever get Don on, 
And when you do, he's got this big booming voice. Yeah. He's got the perfect voice for radio. Yeah. And it's like it's, it's he's he's hard to get on because he's always so busy. But when he gets on, it's a, he's always very entertaining. He's a delight on. to talk to. Yeah, very nice man. Very nice he's man. He's very excited. He. Some people have great passion for their work, and he has great passion for his work. I, you know, that's interesting you say that, because I remember we had James on um, McCormick last time he was on here. I believe it was the last time. He was talking about his college education and, and all the things he did, places he interned and, and worked and all that. And it's, 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 it's funny because I, I've had this, you know, before. I've talked about this with my wife before. We both were competitive weightlifters for a time. And I remember us walking by a... Um, a hobby shop one time. It was like a Saturday, and these guys were all in there with their their model trains, which I I find fascinating. I, I I would if I had the money, I would have like an entire town in my garage. I think you're fascinating, but uh, she had said something about an interesting hobby, and I was like, yeah, that's that to them. That's our weightlifting. You know, sure. we do that on Saturdays. Sure. That's what they do on sure. Saturdays. And you get people who are interested in music, and obviously James and and people like him have turned it into a career. But at the same time. It's this this whole thing that if you're not into that right. world, it becomes this whole other thing that you don't know anything about, and it's it's very fascinating and it's very, it's it's great. I mean, I think that it we should definitely support the arts and people should go to these things because not only are they great concerts and wonderful for the season, but I mean they're just these people have dedicated their whole lives to this craft and it's it's pretty amazing. No, it really it really it really is, and they do uh, beautiful stuff. We should point out that uh, 2024. Uh, Respect Life annual gathering is will be uh, you're invited to join the uh, pro-life ministries from throughout the diocese as we renew our commitment to the bishop's four-part plan for Respect Life and explore ways that we can work closer together, supporting one another in this important work. Join us for a day of prayer, networking, discussion, and resourcing. Lunch will be provided. John seventeen twenty two, and I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. It'll all take place at uh, St. Lawrence the Martyr Parish, 4325 Don Julio Boulevard in North Highlands. Bishop Soto will celebrate Holy Mass at 8 a.m. Uh, this is all going to take place on the 13th of January, beginning at 9 a.m., right after Mass. Uh, among the guest speakers are... Heather Suarez, a sidewalk counselor, 40, 40 Days for Life coordinator. Uh, Renee and Lil Perez from Heartbeat International Support. And Molly Sheehan, our good friend Molly. Uh, she's uh, from the California Catholic Conference, uh, does uh, all the uh, pro-life work from, for the California Catholic Co- Conference and just does a tremendous job uh, at that. Also, there's going to be a, a diaper drive as, as part of that. For more information, you can call 916-733-0123. That's 916-733-0123. Again, 13th of January, 8 a.m. Holy Mass with Bishop Soto, and then the event starts at 9 a.m. And you can, you'll learn all about the different Respect Life ministries and, and how to really be effective with your, uh, with your pro-life work. It's very, very uh, Im- important stuff. Also on um, uh, on the twenty seventh of January at Saint John Vianney Parish, uh, keynote speaker uh, Raymond Chang is the director, executive director of Ten X Ten. This will be a uh, uh, from the Office of Youth and Young Adult Ministry. 
uh, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Saturday, January 27 at St. John Vianney Parish in Rancho Cordova. So a lot, a lot going on here in the uh, in the diocese of Sacramento. And another way to figure out and hear about what's going on here in the diocese of Sacramento is, and I don't want to sound like a broken record here, uh, subscribing to the Bishop's Hour, Bishop's Radio Hour uh, on. I think it, I believe it's labeled as Sacramento Bishop's Hour uh, or Bishop's Radio Hour on all podcast platforms. If you miss the show at uh, 9 o'clock uh, during the week on Relevant Radio, you can check it out here on the podcast. You can go to any podcast app, iTunes, uh, Apple Store. Uh, you can go to Podbean. You can go to Google+. Plus. You can go to – I don't think we're on Spotify. The only thing we're not on – um, but because I think you have to pay for that one, so we, we want to keep it free for everybody because that's how we want it to be. We want to be free for all of our listeners. So all you have to do is go to any one of those podcast platforms, look up the Sacramento Bishop's Hour, Bishop's Radio Hour, and subscribe. Now, when you subscribe, it doesn't give you uh, spam. It doesn't email you. It doesn't cost you any money. We don't ask you for anything. We're not going to call you and tell you that we need you to buy us you know a bunch of stuff for the studio it's just you are gonna subscribe and when you go on that app again and you look at it the next time it'll tell you which episodes you've missed and which ones you can listen to and every episode has got a name and a description as to who the person is so like today's show we'll say Jennifer Campbell is a director of Kent Pandola and that way you at least can know what's going on so let's say you have a family member or a friend who's got a kid who's camp age and you want them to go to camp pandola this year you can send them a link to this entire podcast it's not uh like uh where you have to cut and clip it it's just you hit share and send uh the feed off and it goes right to the person that you want to send it to uh also if you're looking if you are somebody who is a cook or somebody who you think would be a good cook this would be another good one to send to them so the camp pandola can get those positions filled also you can go to the website scd.org and you can find the little button as you scroll down that says sacramento bishop's hour you click on that and you can listen on the website as well uh since we're talking about the website bob and i's information is both on the website you can email he or i about something you want to get on the show whether it be a school-age kid who's doing something exceptional in academics sports or uh some sort of a you know, a ministry, a club outside of school, let us know about it and we can get them on to highlight what they're doing because we think that we should be highlighting our Catholic school kids. Um, if you have a upcoming event at your parish, you have um, an upcoming thing you'd like to highlight, an award someone's getting, a um, whatever, anything, um, you know, even if it's just like a, one of those little sort of get-together swap meet kind of things, we love to promote it for you because, you know, we want to promote everything that goes on in our diocese. So email me, email Bob, um, or you can call the phone numbers that are on there, leave voicemails if we don't answer, and let us know what it is. Give us some information about it so we can look into it and we can call you back. We should recognize that just recently in the last week or so, Bishop Soto celebrated his 15th anniversary as Bishop of the Diocese of Sacramento, uh, been a, been a, it was a uh, uh, 
auxiliary bishop in uh, the Diocese of Orange before he came to the Diocese of Sacramento. On October 11 of 2007, Pope Benedict XVI named Bishop Soto as coadjutor bishop of the Diocese of Sacramento, and he was welcomed into the diocese on November 19 of 2007. While serving as coadjutor bishop, he served as moderator of the Curia, vicar for Hispanics and other ethnic ministries, and represented many pastoral and civic groups. On November 29 of 2008, Bishop Soto became the head of the diocese upon the retirement of the Most Reverend Bishop William K. Wiegand. So his 15th anniversary was on the 29th of November. So, yeah, pretty, pretty, uh, boy, does time fly. It's just, it, it, uh, you know, the old expression, it seems like just yesterday. I presume it probably does for Bishop Soto, and it certainly does for us. It seems like uh, it was very recent, and, and indeed he's been uh, the head of the Diocese of Sacramento for 15 years and actually uh, uh, came in, in 2007 in, in uh, uh, November the 19th, so actually uh, 16 years that he's been here, uh, 15 as the, uh, as the bishop the, uh, to, to head the Diocese of Sacramento, so thank Bishop Soto, for all he has done for all of us, and offer him uh, uh, your prayers as he certainly uh, offers his prayers for us. Also, we should uh, we should note that uh, the uh, a wonderful uh, women's retreat is going to take place at St. Clair Parish on the twelfth uh, and thirteenth of January. That's a Friday evening and all day Saturday. Uh, and it's, uh, they, they need some sign-ups very soon. They're almost sold out, but it's going to be a wonderful uh, women's retreat. You can call 916-772-4717 to sign up, 916-772-4717, or go to stclairroseville.com uh, uh, or 916 17. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at their thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the, the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, 
individual spiritual direction and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and longstanding support of the Bishop's Hour. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the Mercy Foundation, enriching lives in the Sacramento region through Sisters of Mercy Ministries in health care, education, housing, and the care for the poor and elderly. For the Mercy Foundation, philanthropy is one of the most powerful expressions of compassion and love. Just as many people in our community need a hand, countless others are reaching out to them with comfort and hope. You can express your care and concern for the less fortunate with a gift to the Mercy Foundation. Uh, you can give them a call, 916-851-2700. That's 916-851-2700. And you can be confident that fully 100% of your contribution will support the Sisters of, ministry, of Mi Mercy Ministry or ministries that you choose. And what a wonderful treasure Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, they continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Not only does Easter's provide a wide array of Catholic books, both current releases and longtime classics, but they also sponsor a number of valuable workshops and lectures throughout the year. They're, they're located at 6916 Sunrise Boulevard in Citrus Heights. Give them a call, 916-338-7272. We also receive a generous underwriting support by Crumley & Associates, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services. If you have questions about retirement, Crumley & Associates can help you with their confident retirement approach that can help define a clear roadmap to get you where you want to go. You can uh, contact them, get all the details at Crumley & Associates, 7956 California Avenue in Fair Oaks. They're at 916-638-4600. That's 916-638-4600. Four six zero zero, and we uh, are, are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, fine and uh, long-standing support of the Mercy Foundation, of Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts, and of Crumley and Associates. Well, here I am. Can I pour my heart out to a listening ear? Well, I see this life, its valleys and mountains And I think of all the roads that brought me here Oh, that brought me here Walking down, walking down the road Well, I've questioned my reasons This life I'm living I questioned my ability to judge wrong from right Well, I questioned all the things I've ever called certain My race, my religion, my country, my mind But the one thing I don't question is you You really love me like you say you do 
Well, I've questioned significance, meaning and relevance. Does the work I'm doing really matter at all? Well, I question my friendships, alliance to 